And now, heading for Headship. Join Adam Hare and Claire Savoy as they journey across the education landscape to explore the issues facing today's leaders in education. Hello, I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare. Welcome. Welcome to Heading for Headship, a new series with the aspiring school leader in mind. Over these six episodes, our programme will explore some of the key issues facing today's school leaders. But this isn't just a theory lesson. This is a deep dive into the pool of school leadership. We'll be meeting a host of school leaders who will be sharing their wisdom and letting us in on the secrets of their success. What better way to start our series than taking a look at well-being? You only have to open a newspaper, turn on the TV if the news is on, or click on news slash education slash schools slash teachers on an online news site to know that well-being is a burning issue for school leaders today. Headlines such as teacher retention levels at all time low, three out of four teachers admit to sleep marking, and 89% of teachers too tired to take survey indicate that well-being is a problem that isn't going away. And it isn't just teachers whose well-being is well below par. Head teachers are feeling the strain too, with Ofsted now paying particular interest to how they are looking after their staff. I spoke to Ofsted Inspector Gerald Morse to find out what Ofsted are looking for when they're looking at staff well-being. Inspector Morse. Please don't call me that. Of course, sorry. Although, surely that must happen quite a lot. Not really, no. So, Gerald, what do you look for during an inspection? The first thing we do is we cut straight to it and we ask the head teacher. First moment we get, get our cards out, lay them on the table and find out what they're doing about this staff well-being nonsense. I see. So you check with the head teacher and then what? When they tell me what they're doing, I write down what they say on my form. And during your visit, how would you go about testing whether what the head has told you is reflective of what is actually happening in the school. Well, of course, for us, it's all about the evidence. We would spend our time in the school looking for the evidence. And presumably, part of that evidence trail would encompass the staff survey. This, in case any of our listeners are wondering, is the staff's opportunity to feed things back to the inspection team. Mm, yes, yes, you're, uh, you're quite right. So, does the survey provide you with a lot of evidence around their well-being? No. Those survey things tend to be wildly inconsistent with whatever it is we've written on our forms. Oh, doesn't that ring any alarm bells? Well, that depends if I've already written my form. But for robust evidence, rather than the ravings of a disgruntled employee or two or three, or in the case of one school in Brent, the entire workforce, we'd look to the school's development plan and the school's self-evaluation. This is where we find out what the school is saying about staff well-being so we can write it on our form. Forgive me, but isn't that just the same as asking the head? Oh, goodness me, no. No, no, no. It's quite different. Quite different. In what way? Well, it's written before the inspection, isn't it? What the head says during an inspection could have been made up on the spot. But the school development plan, that's written in advance. I read that and write down what it says on my form. Then, on my train home, I compare it with the form from my earlier conversation with the head. And if they match... I'll put that in my report. And if they don't? <laughs> well, if the forms don't match, I'll put that in my report. And when they do match, 
What sort of things do they say? Oh, that's irrelevant. Irrelevant? Irrelevant, yes. What matters is whether my forms match. I see. That's the rigour, you see. Getting the forms to match. Inspector Morth, Gerald, thank you very much for providing us with a valuable insight into the rigorous inspection process. My pleasure. Adam. Thanks, Claire. With Ofsted piling on the pressure like that, head teachers have got to be on their toes when it comes to staff well-being. Simply pussyfooting around the issue just won't do. So how do heads stand on their tiptoes so their head and shoulders above the pack? Each week, we'll be sending our reporter, Jonathan Monkton, to visit a head teacher who isn't so much heading for headship as already ahead in it. This week, he has travelled to Suffolk, to St Edmunds and the Happy Lady Primary School, to meet head teacher Shelley de Calf, who places the well-being of her staff at the heart of everything she does. This might sound like an ordinary school playground, but inside, as the children play, life in the school is anything but ordinary. This is St Edmunds in the Happy Lady Primary School in Suffolk, and head teacher Shelley de Calf is starting a well-being revolution all of her own. Let's go inside. Gary, they did say midday, didn't they? Hmm, try again. Ah, uh, hello. I'm Jonathan Monkton from Heading for Headship. I'm here to see Shelley de Calf. It's lunchtime. Hmm, can I come in? They're doing yoga. Yes, I'm aware they're doing yoga. I'm here for the yoga. It's not a class. No, I know. We appear to be misunderstanding each other. I'm John... Gary, fade out. I'm Jonathan Mulden from Heading to Headship. I'm This might look like an ordinary school corridor, but within these walls, head teacher Shelley de Calf is starting a well-being revolution all of her own. And it's all going on behind this door. Let's go inside. That's right, Derek. Open up those chakras. Barrel, my darling. Let me see that pelvic girdle. Up, up, up. That's it. Well, the sight in this room is quite incredible. Let me try to describe it as best I can. It's a school hall. But instead of dinner tables, the floor is covered in yoga mats. And what appears to be the entire workforce, including site manager, bursa and lollipop lady, are all moving as one, directed by Shelley de Calf, looking resplendent in her purple leopard print leggings and tie-dye chiffon poncho. She is shimmering in the smoky haze of incense. Empty your mind. And, as she moves amongst them, she chimes miniature symbols connected by string and calls out the next instruction. Show me my dogs. And indeed, now they're turning over, like becalmed sausages on a grill. And as they face the floor, they all seem to be pointing their, for want of a better word, buttocks, up to the sky, so they resemble a field of human wigwams. I'm coming for you, Derek. The looks on their faces 
really is something to behold and not anything I've ever seen in a school. And Shelley DeCalf is now straddling one of the larger teachers and using her own arms to hoist him into position, using words of gentle encouragement whilst telling him to stop growling. With a final flourish, she sits cross-legged on her yoga mat and begins her warm-down mantra as the rest of the staff slowly get up off the floor. And they return to their shoes that lie in the far corner of the hall. Quite a few of them are taking this opportunity to quickly eat their lunch or mark their books in the final few moments of their lunch break. While they're all busy, let's go and have a word with the star of the show, Shelley DeCalf. Shelley, hello. Jonathan Monkton from Heading for Headship. Oh, Jonathan, I'm so glad you were able to see us in action. Won't you join me for some green tea in my office? Oh, I'd love to. Do you have any normal... Miss Shekels, just before you collect your class, be a star and get these yoga mats cleared away. Let me help you up. Over tea, Shelley guided me through St Edmund's and the Happy Ladies' Wellbeing Journey. About a year ago, I knew something had to change. The staff were completely burnt out. The pressures of the workload were just enormous and they weren't coping. So, one day, I looked at myself in the mirror and said to myself, Shelley, what are you going to do about this? And what did you reply? I simply smiled back and nodded. I see. Was that the answer you were expecting? I didn't need an answer, Jonathan. I knew. Right, so the smile was telling you that you already knew what the answer was. No, the smile was me knowing I didn't need an answer. Because you already knew. I already knew, Jonathan. I knew. Why did you ask yourself? Sorry, why? Sorry, I was just wondering if you already knew what the answer was, why did you ask the question in the first place? Jonathan, sometimes just asking the question is enough. If you know the answer. Exactly. It was a very empowering moment for me. And what was the answer that you already knew? Well-being was the answer. I needed my staff to know that I cared about their well-being. It was that simple. It was that simple. And how did you show them that you cared? I put well-being at the top of my agenda. I needed them to know that I was someone who cared for them and loved them so that they would care and love me back. I needed us to all look in the mirror and smile. I see. Some schools have cut back on workload. Was that something you considered? No, you don't raise people's awareness of your commitment to well-being by cutting back. You do it by cutting in. All right. Uh, That sounds a bit intrusive. (laughs) Not at all, Jonathan. I simply looked at those times of the day when teachers weren't working and prioritised those times of the day to instigate powerful and highly visible well-being activities. When were those times of the day? Break, lunch, before school and after school. Didn't they resent having their free time taken away from them? Resent it? Jonathan, if you go into the staff room now, you won't see tired teachers, you won't hear moaning teachers. In fact, there won't be any teachers in there. That's because they're too busy reaping the rewards of working with a head who values their well-being. What other rewards are they reaping apart from lunchtime yoga? Well, we have morning mantras, 
break time breathing classes, lunchtime yoga, and after school, I run a series of enlightenment sessions from expressive dance to creative art workshops. Ofsted commented that your teachers have no time to mark books or plan lessons or simply switch off, and this has some serious implications for the school's overall effectiveness and the well-being of staff. How would you respond to that? Jonathan, I would laugh. My teachers are the happiest they've been for years. You only have to come to our organised laughing workshop on Thursdays to find that out for yourself. If anyone doubts what we're doing at St Edmund's and the Happy Lady, I would ask them to look into the mirror and ask themselves the question, what am I doing about my staff well-being? And if they did that, I don't think they'd be smiling. Because they don't already know what the answer is. Exactly. They don't already know what the answer is. And if they looked closer, they'd see that I was still smiling. I'm confused. Are you standing in front or behind them when you're smiling? The important point is, I know the answer. That's why I'm smiling. I mean, when will people learn that you get out of your staff what you put into them? If all you do is give them time to work, then, Jonathan, all you get in return is... Results. Oh, Jonathan, can you see me smiling when you say that? Uh, here or in a mirror that I might be looking into. Jonathan, I'm smiling at you right now because that's the answer they want you to believe. Who? The, the, the people looking into a different mirror? Try looking into my mirror. What do you see? Um, my, my, myself? You can't look into a mirror and not see yourself. Me, Jonathan. Me smiling. Oh. And I'm smiling because I have the happiest staff in any school you'll ever find. I work so hard to make sure my staff know that their well-being is being both fed and watered by me. And in return, they love me for it. That's why I'm smiling. In the mirror? Everywhere, Jonathan. Everywhere. I had wanted to speak to the staff who worked at St Edmunds and the Happy Lady, but they were either too busy teaching or having their well-being fed and watered to spare me any time. One person did agree to ring me on the telephone once they had got home. For purposes that may become apparent during the interview, he has asked us to protect his identity. His name is, but isn't really, Michael. Is that Michael? Aye, sure. Why not? Are you recording this yet? Uh, I am. Is that okay? Fine by me, pal. I've got nothing to hide. Great. Michael, what year group do you teach at St Edmunds and the Happy Lady Primary School? I'd, I'd rather not answer that. A anyone from this community who's listening to this would probably be able to work out who I am if I answered that question. Of course. Uh, can you tell me how long you've been working at the school? Uh, again, I'd, I'd rather not reveal that if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, could you tell me what it's like working under Shelley DeCalf's leadership? Well, it's easy enough, as long as you know how to play, you know, play the game. What is the game and how do you play it? Well, the game is keeping Shelley sweet and, to be honest, it's a pretty easy game to play. You've just got to let her do her stuff, you know. I mean, all of her well-being initiatives are absolutely crackers. I've been teaching her a while now, and I'll tell you something, 
Me being able to do the downward dog has never helped me plan a math lesson, do you know what I mean? But it's better than a three-hour writing moderation session or, or a staff meeting about the marking policy. So, you know, you just pull on the light curve and get down to it with a smile on your face. And, and does it help you with your work-life balance? You're kidding, right? Of course it doesn't. But it doesn't matter, does it? She hasn't got any spare time either. And she's so desperate for our love and devotion, if she did ever think of checking up on us, all we'd have to do is say that our chakras were out of balance and she'd forget about any accountability checks and book us in for a Pilates session or some such nonsense. So, would you say her strategy of promoting staff well-being is paying off? Well, it's paying off for her, that's for sure. She's never been happier. As for us, we're too busy to find any time for marking, planning or eating our lunch, so... But what's new? Teachers have never had time for those things. The only difference now is that we've got a head teacher who cares more about our respect for her than our results. And do you respect her? Not at all. It's difficult to respect someone who, every staff meeting, daubs herself with paint and dances around the place to whale song, telling us to let go of our materialistic possessions and be more like the giant orca of the waves. But she doesn't know that, does she? Uh, earlier on, Shelley was telling me about the mindfulness lessons she'd been giving the pupils last year. Aye, well, she's not doing that again this year. Oh, why not? Well, it, it was a complete disaster. She wanted to help the year sixes with their preparation for SATs. So she did this whole thing about how they should take time to feel, really feel the chair that they were sitting on, and, and really feel the pencil in their hand. And, and as they turned the pages of their test papers, they should really think about how the paper felt against their fingertips. Sounds very relaxing. Did it help? None of the buggers managed to finish the papers. They got to about page five and then fell asleep. What did the parents say? Oh, they were fine. Shelley wrote them a letter on results day saying that their children were more than just scores at a test. The parents thought that this was so fantastic that none of them even bothered looking at their results which was probably just as well because not a single child got above the national average. They'd all been too preoccupied contemplating what it must be like being possessed by a pronoun. You sound very cynical. Do you think you have a future at St Edmunds and the Happy Lady? I, I work for a self-obsessed head teacher who values meaningless well-being measures ahead of academic rigour and accountability measures. I'm not going anywhere. Working here is an absolute dawdle. Thank you, Michael. Hi, you're all right. And, and you'll disguise my voice, yeah? There's nobody else north of Cheltenham that works at this school, so if, I'm, if there's any hint of my accent, I'm toast. Uh, I'm sure our engineers can do something. As I reflect on my time at St Edmunds and the Happy Lady, I feel blessed to have met headteacher Shelley DeCalf. Her school may be sliding down the league tables and their recent Ofsted report may comment on the impact of ineffective leadership on pupil achievement. But I know that through all of this, she'll still be looking in the mirror and smiling. And that, I believe, is the reason why she's ahead in headship. Jonathan Monkton there with his Ahead in Headship report. At HFHHQ, we don't want to present listeners with a single approach when addressing a hot potato topic. As so many aspiring leaders will find, there are many different ways to cook a potato. That's why we will always seek to provide a full menu of educational hot potatoes for listeners to choose from, no matter what their dietary requirements. This week, 
Our in-house head teacher chef is none other than TES Head Teacher of the Year 2008, Carol Hatchett. Adam is poised and ready to introduce her in our first Heading for Headship Masterclass. Although, with all these potatoes flying around, Adam, it's beginning to sound more like MasterChef. Ha! <laughs> That's right, Claire. I wonder if our special guest will be a chipper or a masher. Let's find out as we welcome Carol Hatchett to our studio. Carol, welcome. Thank you, Adam. I'm delighted to be here. I've got a number of questions sent in by our listeners. But before we look at those, why don't you tell us a bit about your background? In particular, what you think makes you such a successful head teacher? Well, in 2008, as you know, I was awarded the TESS Head Teacher of the Year Award. I'd been a head teacher for nine months. I think that in itself tells you something about me. Let me put that TESS Award in perspective. I had joined that school in September the previous year. It was a tough, inner-city London school. And for reasons that are still unknown, the head scarpered. He couldn't do what needed to be done. The governors looked at me and said, Carol... What are you going to do? I said, I'll show you what I'm going to do. Now get out of my office. We were in the ex-head's office and that was my way of saying it was now my office. I wasn't going anywhere. By the end of that year, not only had I held on to my newly acquired position, but I'd replaced over half the workforce, bought in a new uniform and secured the highest end of Key Stage 2 results since records began. And that, Adam, was just the beginning. Indeed it was. Since then, you've led, turned round and subsequently left over 16 schools in the London area. You've been appointed chair of the Schools of the Future Board. You've advised every minister for education and yet remained an outspoken critic of education policy. You were offered an OBE, but you turned it down on the grounds that it clashed with your school sports day. Your critics say that you rule your schools with an iron fist and yet you've just been appointed the government's well-being czar. Carol, have I left anything out? Huh, no, Adam. Although I would like to add that I make no apologies for running schools with an iron fist, but I like to say that my fist is inside a velvet glove. I think that was recognised by the current Secretary of State for Education when he offered me the role. Absolutely. Indeed, that's what he said when he reported you had approached him for the role. Now, we're going to kick off our well-being masterclass with a question from an aspiring headteacher from Redditch, a Mr Mark Hamilton. He asks, how do your staff know you value them? Well, I don't think staff should expect to be thanked and praised every five minutes. Let me get that out there straight away. I kid you not, Adam. I've worked in schools where the teachers seem to forget what being a primary school teacher is all about. I can remember one school where a teacher, I think she was union rep or something, expected me to thank her for bloody everything. I said to her, you're living in a dream world. This isn't the Academy Awards, love. You haven't just won a bloody Oscar. Leave your ego at the door and do your job. Thanks for that. I don't need your thanks, Adam. That's not why I'm here. Next question. OK. Uh, oh, at Golf Not Sats, a retired head teacher from Chester has tweeted us wanting to know about your thoughts on the future of head teachers' well-being. Now, I imagine that your opinions on this matter may not be to every head teacher's taste. I've been very clear with the DfE through my role as well-beings are that head teachers' well-being has been ignored for far too long. We've given and now we need to take. It is now impossible for a head teacher to carry out their workload in school. So I am proposing a four-day working week in schools for head teachers, with the expectation that we can work at home on a Friday. Or, 
if we need to, Yates's Wine Lodge because the Wi-Fi is stronger. That's quite a bold recommendation. How do you think the teaching... Can I just stop you there, Adam? Sorry, yes? Nothing. I just wanted to stop you there. Do you have another question for me? Well, we have one more from Yasmin Abdullah, a teacher from Tower Hamlets. She simply wants to know, prior to your own headship, what is the most memorable well-being initiative that you experienced? Hello, Jasmine. In my second year of teaching at my first school, a new head arrived. He had high expectations of us all and always said how important it was for us to work hard. At the end of the year, rumours started to spread the head was preparing presents for every member of staff. It was a large school, so we knew it wouldn't be much, maybe some chocolates or a bottle of wine. We didn't mind. The thought that he cared was enough for us. So, on the last day of term, we were all summoned to the staff room, once the children had all gone home, and we were asked to stand in a circle so we could receive our gift. The head stood in the centre of the circle, holding a little velvet bag. He told us that he valued all our hard work and that he had spent every SLT since spring creating our gifts. From the bag, he began handing out little shiny pebbles, onto which had been written single words like love, peace and kindness. He told us to take these home and keep these tokens of his appreciation somewhere special so that they would give us strength. And do you know what I did with my pebble? No. I went straight out to the staff car park and threw it as hard as I could at his car windscreen. Right. And do you know, he was right. That pebble did give me the strength I needed because less than a year later, I was the head of that school and winner of Tess Head Teacher of the Year. Carol Hatchett, thank you very much for being our chef de jour in this week's Masterclass. Thank you, Adam. And thanks to all the listeners who submitted their questions. You can get in touch with us by writing to the Heading for Headship email address that is listed at the end of this programme. We've just time to read out some of your tweets and messages that have come in over the course of this programme. At Mystery Teach writes to say, Great show, looking forward to headship more than ever. At Chalker Talker says, Wellbeing is so hot right now and so am I. At Yoga Field says, if only all schools committed to yoga like Shelley's. Really inspiring, wasn't it just? At Big Kid tweets to say, if the teachers at my school were made to do yoga, I'd complain to my MP. Shocking state of affairs. Bill Spooner, HMI from Western Zoyland, has texted us to say that he's glad to hear Ofsted talking sense. And at Nick Gibb tweets to say... We need more leaders like Hatchet. And that brings us to the end of our first edition of Heading for Headship. We hope you've enjoyed it and, more importantly, we hope you've learned from all our contributors today, Ofsted Inspector Gerald Morse and head teachers Shelley DeCarf and Carol Hatchet. Just time to look at the edgy weather and it looks like tomorrow we're in for some windy break times. So please, teachers, take care and do please plan accordingly. Join us next time as we continue heading for headship, when we'll be shifting the spotlight from well-being onto behaviour. We'll be talking to Ofsted's new chief strategist, and Jonathan Monckton will be visiting a no-excuses primary school that is causing quite a stir in the north of England. We'll be here. We hope you will be too. I'm Claire Savoy. And I'm Adam Hare, and you are heading for headship. 
was heading for Headship, a brain production for nobody in particular. The script was written and performed by Tim Browse and Ellie Swain.